Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of Delay Don't Deny, Living an Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than deny myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here, so let's get excited to talk to today's guest. everybody, and welcome to episode 86 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Paul Brody. Paul lives in Arlington, Texas, where he is a 15-time best-selling author and a publisher who runs Brody Consulting, which helps people share their stories in books of their own. Welcome, Paul. Hey, Jen. How you doing? I'm doing great. Now, I'm so excited about having you here to share your story, but I absolutely love the work that you're doing as a publisher with your Brody Consulting. Can you talk about that for a few minutes before we get into intermittent fasting? Because I know there are a lot of people that have stories to tell. A lot of intermittent fasters like to tell their story, but what kind of work do you do with that? Absolutely. Well, the main thing that we do is we work with coaches, consultants, attorneys, medical professionals, business owners, and also people that want to leave 
a legacy. And the main way that we do that is we help them share their story because everyone's got a story to tell, just as you mentioned. And the main challenge is getting that story out of them. There's this old stat from the New York Times that said that 81% of Americans feel they have a story in them, but less than 1% ever actually have that opportunity to share their story. So what we want to do is to help them get that story out. The main thing that we're doing is we're helping people with leveraging the book for their businesses. Because when you're going out networking, when you're connecting with people and you give them a business card, most of the time those business cards, they either end up in a file folder or in the trash or in the back of a car. But when you can give someone a book and it's autographed and it's sharing their story and their experience and sharing their knowledge, then that is one of the best things that you can do to connect with another person. Now, whether that's going to be on a social side of things or if you're using it to build your business, there is no better way to connect than having that book. And what we refer to it as is the foundation of your business platform. Because when you do give that book to someone, it connects and it builds relationships because nobody wants to be pitched. Nobody wants to hear a script or people trying to sell them. The best way to build those businesses is just to genuinely connect and build those relationships. And the book is one of the best conduits that you can use to accomplish that. I believe that because one thing about Delay Don't Deny, which is my first self-published book, is that it's very heavy on my story. You know, I was telling my story, but also trying to explain to people how to do intermittent fasting. I had two goals, but I wanted to inspire people with my story and let them know that I'm just a person, just like you. I'm not selling you a diet book that's just like every other diet book out there. I want to inspire you with my story, tell you my story, and also share the lessons so you can do this too. And I genuinely believe that that is why my book connected with so many people because of the personal story. Absolutely. And the other thing with that too, is you weren't afraid to show your vulnerabilities. In my very first book, which was called Eat Less and Move More, it was uh, completely unfiltered. And one of the stories that I shared, which I know we'll talk about a little later, is that I was near 340 pounds back in 2011. My health was a mess. My doctor said, if I don't get my act together, that I will be dead in five years. And one of the things that I had to do that week was have a stress test done. So I had electrodes hooked up to me, didn't have a shirt on, which at 340, it wasn't exactly a pretty sight. And I only lasted a few minutes on doing that test. And I had to stop. And I literally felt like I was having a heart attack. And here I am drenched in sweat, an absolute mess. My mom was there with me for support. She was just about to freak out. And I will never forget that. And I express that very clearly in the book. And that's the thing. You cannot be afraid to be vulnerable because that is how you build connections with others is by being real and sharing the challenges. Nobody wants to read a book that someone lives a perfect life and, oh, look at me. Everything's so great. No, they want to know about the struggles. Now, if you found a way to overcome those, then that is the perfect way that you can weave this into your story to build those further connections, but people want vulnerability. They don't want to read stories from people that have the perfect life because there's no such thing. That's very true. And we all have our struggles. And did you say that first book was in 2011? Is that when that was? So what happened was the story happened in 2011. Of course, I had no idea how to publish a book. I'm sure it sounds familiar, right? Uh, Oh yeah, I had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) No idea. So what happened was four years later, 
four years I put this book off for, and I'm on a flight to Vegas. And recently, a few friends of mine published books, had a lot of success, and they're like, why do you keep putting this book off? I didn't have an answer to that. On the flight, I finally decided, I had the epiphany, I am no longer going to make excuses. I'm just going to figure it out. And what happened was the next morning, I'm inspired, fired up, of course, on vacation, but I made it a working vacation because right at that pool at the Mirage, I typed out the entire outline for Eat Less and Move More. And then a week later, it was the July 4th weekend, if I'm not mistaken, that week later, I wrote 20,000 words and that became the base of the book. And then I just figured it out. Somehow I was able to find an editor and a book formatter and a book cover designer. And a month later, we got the book out there. I literally spent half the day learning everything I could about publishing, but then I learned the other half of the day about everything possible about book launch marketing. I was teaching at the time, so fortunately it was summer break, so I was able to dedicate that time. And then in August, we launched the book, and it became my first bestseller. So this is one thing I want to make clear. No matter what direction you go in, if I can do it, anybody can do it. Absolutely. And I was a one-woman team with Delay Don't Deny. I did all the editing myself. I did the book cover design. I did all of that. So anybody who was an early reader in early 2017, mid-2017 and so forth, even into um, early 2018 before I really edited it better, (laughs) there were some typos in the original. That's always awful when you realize that as a writer. But, you know, it didn't stop people from getting the message of the book. And that's the most important thing. It does not have to be a perfect book. You can go back and edit later. I had the same issue. I had an editor for my first book, but I still noticed multiple edits I needed to do after the book came out. Unfortunately, I was able to get them fixed within 24 hours and upload it again to Amazon. But you're absolutely right. It's all about the content and the story. That's what people are reading. Now, are there going to be some people out there that are probably going to reach out and go, hey, on page 38, I found that you didn't put a period or something like that. Yeah, you're going to get those occasional people, but they're like one in a million. The main thing is they want to connect and your story is what does it. The first day that I put the book out, Delayed on Deny, I published it. I hit submit. It was New Year's Eve of 2016. So the first day my book sold was December 31st of 2016. But the very first like couple hours into it, I got a message from someone. There's a typo in the introduction. (laughs) (laughs) Like, thank you. When you're self-publishing, it's really easy to upload a new version quickly versus, you know, now I'm going through the official process with St. Martin's, which is a division of Macmillan, and I have professional copy editors reading it. And I just spent the entire day on Sunday reading what is supposed to be the final version, and I still found typos. It's been through professional editing, and I still found something, a couple things. So it's hard. Well, and that's the biggest realization. It doesn't matter if you're self-publishing or what we do. We're considered hybrid publishing because we incorporate a lot of the elements of the traditional side while giving our clients full creative control. They keep their royalties. So it's a nice fusion of both of those options with the hybrid. But the thing is this, even if you're going through a traditional publisher, if you're going through Macmillan, if you're going through any of these other big publishers that are out there, Random House, Penguin, many of the others, or even the academic presses, there's always going to be mistakes. You could have 10 editors, there will be a mistake. And the thing is, you can go back and fix it. But that's the biggest realization, because some people look on the self-publishing side with a little bit of disdain going, well, they probably didn't edit it right. Well, guess what? Penguin and Random House, 
they're probably making the same mistakes. Yep. It is exactly how it goes. So I love hearing how you got started with that. And I love the title of your first book, Eat Less, Move More. And I I can't wait to get into that topic a little bit because we know it's really not as simple as eat less, move more. So let's get it over to the intermittent fasting. What brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? Funny thing was, it was actually a year ago. It was last, if I'm not mistaken, it was July. At the time I was- July of 2019? Yes, July 2019. I just turned 44. And as you know, guys, gals, whoever it is, once you get to your mid forties, it is more difficult than ever to drop weight. And what happened was I was having some struggles with dropping little weight that I put on. And my doctor asked me about if I knew about intermittent fasting. And of course I had no idea. She explained the process and I'm thinking I could totally do that. Started it. And within a few weeks I dropped 10 pounds ultra fast and I absolutely loved it. I did a Facebook post about it. And then what happened was one of the ladies on there is actually a friend of mine, Teresa Ross. She put a comment in going, hey, you might want to follow Jen Stevens. She's wrote a book about this and she has a Facebook group. Here's the link. And I'm going, yeah, I need to check this out. And that's how it transitioned. So I started having success with it. I checked out your Facebook group and just saw all the positive posts and the fact that it's so engaging. As we were talking before, you have hundreds upon hundreds of posts that y'all have to approve every single day. And what I love about it is you make sure that they're positive because any type of dieting, you're going to have someone that's going to have a different viewpoint. It doesn't matter if it's intermittent fasting, Cato, Atkins, whatever it is, everyone's got an opinion. But I love the fact how you keep it positive. And the main thing that got my attention, Jen, was the amount of success stories. And the biggest thing that got my attention was the fact that how intermittent fasting heals the body over time. And I've seen that with myself. I'm still on a thyroid pill, but I feel that eventually I will be off of that pill because of what this lifestyle does to heal your body. That is just amazing. Keeping it positive can be a delicate balance because we don't want to censor the Facebook group and keep people from sharing struggles. So we allow people to share their struggles. That's why we're there to troubleshoot with them. But what we don't do is allow bashing kind of posts. Like just today, for example, there was somebody who tried to post something about her doctor was negative about intermittent fasting with her at an appointment. We've approved those types of posts before. Here's what happens. People come along and they start bashing all the doctors. And then we have doctors in the group and they're like, this is hurting my feelings. I'm a doctor. I love intermittent fasting. All doctors are not bad. We're not trying to keep you sick. Then it turns into a big argument. (laughs) And then the tone of the pages is negative. The doctors feel upset. Patients feel upset. You know, so instead of approving posts like that now, I sent positive feedback to the person and said, we're sorry you're struggling with your doctor. Look for a doctor who supports intermittent fasting after the New England Journal of Medicine article came out. There are lots and lots out there. And that was it because people just want validation. So we validate the member, but we don't want the page to start turning negative. Well, and I love you mentioned the word validation because I got really mad a few weeks ago in the Dallas area here. There was a station called WFAA, their ABC affiliate. And their newscast already kind of irritates me as it is. There's this weather guy, which I won't even get started with. But long, <laughs> long story short, they have a segment called Verify. And they talked about intermittent fasting. 
And they had some doctor on there who believed that it didn't really have an impact. But yeah, over time, you can take off a little bit of weight, but you can do it with everything else. And I was, I got so angry with this. I almost wanted to send an email to them going, that's the biggest hatchet piece I've ever seen. Right. No proper research. It was a three minute segment. And the fact that WFAA had it as a segment called Verify. I just thought it was a complete hatchet piece. And the thing is, with us being in Arlington, we're not always happy with Dallas media anyway because we have most <laughs> of their sports teams. We have a lot of right. their businesses because our city actually gets things done. So that, to me, was very frustrating where I'm going, at least do your research. At least reach out to experts. And the first expert I thought of was you because why are you an expert? Well, one, your knowledge. Second, you've lived it. But the third thing is you have a book about it. So why not reach out to an author that actually knows what they're doing versus a doctor that, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of amazing doctors, but at least pull a few of them. And that to me was just so frustrating. And I was very tempted to do a post. And I was like, no, there's no point. There was somebody who posted the other day in the um, Delay Don't Deny Facebook group. It was a prescription pad that her doctor had written on when she was at her appointment. And on the prescription pad, he wrote Delay Don't Deny and wanted her to read it. There are doctors out there who are pro-intermittent fasting, whether they're telling them to read the obesity code or delayed on deny or whatever. There are doctors actively pursuing this as a way that's helping their patients. In fact, you know it was in the New England Journal of Medicine in December, right? It was a big article. Mm -hmm. I found out the other day, one of the authors of that paper, Dr. Mark Mattson, was being interviewed on a podcast And he was talking about why they wrote that review article for the New England Journal of Medicine. And it was because so many doctors had been asking the New England Journal of Medicine to do something on intermittent fasting because patients are asking about it. So to me, that gave me like a little thrill. Patients want to know about intermittent fasting and doctors want to know more. So they said, hey, we need a resource for this. And that's why New England Journal of Medicine went to Dr. Mark Matson, who's an expert in the research side of things, and said, write this review article. So it's really out there. And so shame on that news station for finding just somebody with an opinion about it who didn't know anything actually factual. That's how I felt. And as I mentioned, there's always a friendly rivalry with Arlington and Dallas. And I'm sure I'm sure someone listened to shows from Dallas going, really? You got to bring up a little rivalry? But the thing is, at least do your research and go to multiple doctors, get a proper outlet where you can get multiple people to give their views on it and just make it a little more fair and balanced because you cannot do a two to three minute piece in intermittent fasting, first of all. And secondly, if you're going to do it under the guise of verify, then at least verify it properly. That's the only thing I say about that because I know people are looking at intermittent fasting as a trend, but the thing is, as you have taught us, is imminent fasting has been going on for a millennia. This is nothing new. And it, they, people have to realize it's not just a trend. And the thing is, it really does work. And why do I know that? Because I've been doing this since July, and I feel like a whole different person. You've been doing this for multiple years, and I know you feel like a completely different person. It changed your life. I can hardly remember, honestly, what it felt like to be obese. I've been slim since 2015. And so it's been, I'm almost about, by the time this airs, I will have had my five-year goal anniversary, not just five years of living the lifestyle, but five years of being at my goal range. And so 
that's huge. And it hasn't been a struggle to stay here. Those of us who feel so much better and who have tried so many things, we know it's not a trend. I'll never do anything else again, and I don't want to. Is that how you feel too? It is. And the thing is, you have to realize what works best for you. Because I know with your philosophy, you typically do like do the one meal a day, and then you have some little snacks throughout your window. Everyone's going to be different. I try to do that. And unfortunately for me, it wasn't the perfect fit. So I'll still have a a light, late breakfast around one o'clock in the afternoon. And then I'll have my bigger dinner around four. And then after that window closes. So I think you have to figure out what's going to be the best for you and also the best for your digestive system, because everyone's going to be different. And as you say, there's not a one size fits all with this. You have to go with the option that's going to be the best fit for you. Right. That is 100% true. Don't try to model it around exactly how Jen does it or the way Paul does it or the way anybody does it. So you've got to tweak it and figure it out because I really believe someone could follow me around all day, eat exactly what I eat when I eat it and have completely different results. Yep. It's customizable. The main thing is the window. Yeah. And you don't feel good when you're doing it the wrong way for you. Yeah. And and that's what happened with me a little bit back in December. You know, I'm not going to get too graphic, but I developed a little bit of some, some gas issues with trying to focus just on the one meal a day. And then the other thing is I wanted to challenge myself to see how long I could go without eating. And so a couple of times I did go 24 and 26 hours. And the first time I did it, it was fine. The second time I felt like I was having a few little complications. So I really had to go back and go, okay, this is my window. Stop pushing. Focus on this area. This is your window. You eat what you need to during that time. And then outside of that, you're not eating. And that's exactly what we've done. Yeah, it's not the fasting Olympics. You're not going to get a medal for like gold medal extra fasting. (laughs) If you don't feel good, that's not right for your body. That is just 100% important to realize you're not trying to just push it longer, longer, longer just to do it. And I'm glad that you realized that about yourself and that you've found a rhythm that feels good because we want it to be a lifestyle and that's really important. It has to feel right. Well, and the biggest thing too, it's over time. It's over time. That's the biggest thing. It's not just a three month thing. I mean, this is a lifestyle change. And when you are doing this, as you've mentioned for a number of years, then you truly do see those results. I know a couple of things that I've seen on your Facebook group is about people having C-section scars disappear, people's prescriptions to the point where they're just about off all of their medicine. These are huge things that can be accomplished. It's not just the weight loss. The weight loss is the side effect. Right. People who had fatty liver and now they don't. For somebody that it always is, it makes me sad when someone will post and they'll say, I've been doing it for X number of months and I don't think it's working for me. And I want to just say, you don't know what it's doing for you. Maybe you haven't found the weight loss you're looking for yet, but weight loss is only one metric. Yeah, we all want to get to an ideal weight where our bodies feel good. But what if instead of taking fat off of your thighs, your body has been clearing fat out of a fatty liver? this whole time. And you're going to give up because you think it's quote, not working when really it's saving your life. And that's the thing. You're absolutely correct with that. And the other thing too, is it's not just about losing weight. Anybody can lose weight. You know, this stat less than 5% of people that lose weight ever keep it off. Well, guess what? Imminent fasting will help you become 
part of that 5% because it is a lifestyle. And I'll give you an example. You and I made a little friendly bet over the holidays that I wouldn't put on much weight with eating a little bit more junk food. And you were absolutely right. I didn't gain more than a few pounds. I like to be right. (laughs) Well, and and you were. I mean, heck, you wrote a book about it, right? You're an expert. You know what you're talking about. I was able to minimize the damage by doing the fasting. Now, did we enjoy the holidays? Absolutely. I was born in England and I love candy from England. So I had a nice little amount ordered in from a place out of Pennsylvania, had it shipped in, enjoyed the holidays, ate very well, and then got back to the natural rhythm within a few weeks after that. And that's the thing, as you mentioned, delay, don't deny. And that's the main reason that diets and lifestyle changes don't always work for people because you denied yourself. You cannot deny. If you want chocolate, go get chocolate. You want a beer, get a beer, but make sure you're doing it in your window. And if you're not, so I'll give you an example. Last night, we had a um, networking event with the Greater Arnton Chamber of Commerce. My company has corporate membership there. So we decided, hey, we're over at Costco. We're doing our shopping. Let's go over there for a little while. Well, the cool thing was they were, first of all, it's Fat Tuesday, which is great. Secondly, they were giving away free beer. Well, you, you give free beer away to a guy like me, I have a tear in my eye. I was absolutely thrilled. <laughs> it was outside of my window. And usually, I'm done at 7 o'clock at night. The beer didn't get there to 7.15. Now, did I stop it? No. I enjoyed that beer over the next 20 minutes. Enjoyed my shiner. It was a wonderful. What's going to happen the next day? I'm just going to put off my first meal for another half an hour. You just extended your window, rolled with it, and that was not a problem. Exactly. Because I think the minute that you feel like you're sacrificing something, that's when you're going to have issues. You're exactly right. And that that's the power of the words delay, don't deny. And, you know, sometimes people misunderstand those words. It doesn't mean, you know, the don't deny part does not mean eat as much as you can. You didn't have 12 beers, right? You had a beer. I had one beer. <laughs> you didn't deny yourself beer. You didn't say, I shouldn't have beer. I can't have beer. You had one beer. You didn't overdo the beer. And then you went on about your business. That's what's really important for people to understand the whole don't deny using that as in a mindful way. I also had a beignet with it too. If you're familiar with the ones they do at Cafe Du Monde. Uh, yes. I've been to Cafe Du Monde. Same yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, those are delicious. It's been years though. It was like the 90s when I was there. Oh, it's actually time for a new trip. And I'm going to kind of announce this here. You know, we do a delay, don't deny cruise every year. We're leaving out of Charleston this June on the Delay, Don't Deny Cruise. Anybody who's interested, go to Facebook, search for Delay, Don't Deny Cruise group. You can figure out how to sign up for it. We still have room left. This is just a Bahamas cruise, but the point is not the destination. It's the friendship and being with the community. But in 2021, we're sailing out of New Orleans. We haven't officially announced that yet, but I guess we have. Oops. (laughs) Hashtag no spoilers. There you go. So everybody, if you are interested in New Orleans and you're interested in Delay Don't Deny and you want to cruise with a fabulous community, join the cruise group and be on the lookout for the announcement that I've now spilled the beans, but out of New Orleans in 2021. I can't wait. Anyway, it's always a fun time. So you should join us on the cruise. Well, and no spoilers, but we can do a pregame at Cafe Dumont. Absolutely. And people often, especially family members, they're like, wait a minute, you're going to go, a bunch of fasters are going on a cruise. That sounds awful. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, well, on a cruise, we have really long windows, (laughs) like 12 hours. That's okay. (laughs) 
it's worth every minute of it. How has your weight loss been? I know you mentioned early on when you wrote your first book, you had been 340 pounds. What happened in between that time? Like, what did your weight do after it peaked at 340? Tell us some of that that back history with your weight. So when I received that diagnosis, doctor said 340 pounds. You're right at that point. You're borderline type 2 diabetic, which I have type 2 diabetes in my family, high blood pressure, high blood sugar. As I said, he said I'd be dead in five years. He's like, we need to change this. So I absorbed everything in because obviously that's, it's a lot to take in, but um, I didn't want to be dead in five years. So what happened was he made it very clear. Listen, you're a big guy. You can probably at this point focus on calorie counting. You can still enjoy a lot of things that you typically eat. But the main thing right now is to count the calories. And what happened was I was doing that. I was also moving a lot. I was teaching at the time. And I'd also be working out in my pool. At that point, it worked. So I was able to take off 60 pounds within a few months. And I was able to keep it off. But then what happened, and I think this was a side effect. This is something I haven't really talked about a lot. But I think one of the side effects of dropping that weight was I got below 280. I actually got to around 268. But then no matter what I did for multiple months, I could not lose any more weight. Yeah, that's metabolic adaptation, right? Well, and the other thing that happened was I went and got my levels checked and the doctor said I had a thyroid issue at that time. So I don't know if the thyroid issue was a side effect or if it was something that was coming. But what happened was it was almost impossible to lose weight. And that's when I started going on the thyroid medication. I also started putting a little bit of weight back on too. So there there were some issues that were going on with my own body where that was the challenge. I haven't gone back up to the high weights, fortunately. I've been able to keep the weight off, but I wasn't really able to, what I refer to as finish the job. I'd like to eventually get into at least 270. I think for me, I mean, I'm 6'3", I'm built like a football player. So I think to me, 270 would be about an ideal weight because I carry the weight well and I'm big boned. I I know some people say, well, I'm big boned, but I am big boned. Well, no, people really are big bone. And see, I have tiny bones. And so when I was 210 pounds, I had a whole lot of fat on my body. It was a lot of fat and you couldn't see my little bones in there. But now, you know, I'm a little person when you can see my little wrist bones and everything. So not everybody's going to end up being tiny because some people have a larger frame and you're just going to be a bigger person because that's how you're built. So when you started intermittent fasting in July, would you mind sharing what your weight was then? Yeah. So in July, right when I got started, I was about 298 and I immediately dropped to the mid 280s within seven weeks. Now getting to mid 280s to the low 280s, that ended up taking a couple of months because as you know, when you've had that first initial weight loss, it's going to take time. And that's the biggest thing I want to emphasize on, on your show is this does take time and this connects with business. There's no such thing as an overnight success. It is months, if not years, of embracing the grind and working hard. It's the same exact thing with dieting. And most of it can be accomplished with eating correctly, with keeping with these windows. I believe 90% of it is just eating correctly and utilizing the window, and I would say 10% exercise. Now, that could be different views, but for me, that's what I feel works. I hate exercising. I don't mind walking. I don't mind working out in the pool in the summer, but I'm not an exercise guy. So if I can take care of it with the nutrition side of things, 
then that is going to be the goal. But the thing is, I've committed to fasting for the rest of my life. That is how strongly I believe in this. Now, are there times that we're going to open up the window or if we're going to close the window a little bit? We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency, and in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for clean eating, delivering pre-portioned and prepped quality whole foods with limited processed ingredients. Green Chef sends organic, fresh produce, responsibly sourced proteins, and chef-designed recipes in every box for satisfying, nourishing, and convenient meals that fit in beautifully to my cleanish lifestyle, and the food is totally window-worthy. Tonight, we're having barbecue sweet potato tacos with cabbage and carrot slaw, black beans, corn, and cheesy tortillas, and they come with Green Chef's chimichurri sauce. So good. Go to greenchef.com slash ifstories50 and use the promo code ifstories50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. That's greenchef.com slash ifstories50. And don't forget to use the promo code ifstories50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. Absolutely. But I am so convinced with this. And I recommend it to anyone, anyone I talk with that have, has health issues. I'm like, look at intermittent fasting, go check with your doctor, get their views because you always want to get an opinion, but look at intermittent fasting. I always recommend your Facebook group and your book, because as far as I'm concerned, that's the Bible of intermittent fasting is your knowledge. And the fact is you cover everything. There's nothing that you guys don't cover in that Facebook group or in that book. And I know you're also covering a lot of new information in your next book, but that's the biggest thing is you have to be able to absorb everything that comes with this because there's just so many pieces that are involved. There are so many pieces. And that's actually why I wanted to write the new book, Fast, Feast, Repeat, which is right now available for pre-order. And by the time that your interview airs, we're only going to be a few weeks away, which is very exciting. <laughs> very exciting. But you know, people ask, how is the new book different? Well, we know a lot more now in 2020 than we did in 2016 when I was writing Delay, Don't Deny. Plus, I have got all these years of experience with real people. That's where, you know, I've been down in the trenches with hundreds of thousands of intermittent fasters. And so I know what challenges you're going to face. I know what it looks like. I know what tweaks you should try just because we've, we've muddled through it together over the years. And now, now we know we have a framework for success. And so we know how to tell you to tweak it till it's easy. For example, that's one of my chapter titles. 
And we know what are the pitfalls you're going to experience. I also put a whole lot more in there about metabolic adaptation, which you just hinted at, which is what happened to you when you were doing the eat less, move more. We all, all, anyone with any diet history has done it that way, where we lost the weight. Then we got to a point where no matter what we did, the weight stopped, weight loss stopped. And then we started inching back upward and we couldn't bring it back down. That is that metabolic adaptation that happens when we're following a traditional low calorie diet. And so in the new book, I go into why it's not hopeless. You haven't ruined your metabolism forever. So I put all the research in there. It's super duper sciencey. Really intermittent fasting changes our bodies metabolically, hormonally, so many ways, so that we're not faced with that metabolic adaptation and the resulting weight gain that comes with it. You know, that statistic you mentioned about the number of people that regain their weight, and that's even talking about just keeping off a 10% weight loss. People can't even keep off 10% with traditional diets. Yeah, it's uh, some crazy stats out there. And that's why you have a lot of these diet places, a lot of these philosophies, Mediterranean, Atkins, Cato, whatever it is, and they're making a fortune and they're not giving people the right information. Because one of the things I have a struggle with with my own body is with bread and white bread in particular. I eat that. I will just put on weight like you wouldn't believe. That's just something with my own body. So what did I do? I've denied myself bread off and on for many years. Now, I don't do that. Last night, had a burger. I didn't care what bread it came with. Right. You delay bread until your eating window and you're not eating it for, you know, whatever, 20 hours a day. You're not having it. You're just having it in your eating window. You know, I just did some really quick math. You know how we said that only 5% of people can maintain even a 10% weight loss? For me, that would have been 21 pounds. 10% of 210 would have been 21 pounds. So research tells me that it should have been really hard for me to maintain a 21-pound loss. I actually have an 80-pound loss, which is 38% of my starting weight that I have been able to maintain. That math is kind of exciting. Well, and it just, again, validates what you're doing and the fact that this does work. One of our tags with our business is we always talk about a proven system that works. You know, we have systems to ensure that our clients become bestsellers. We have our systems to make sure the publishing goes right. And the reason I bring that up is we have systems. Well, guess what? You have systems. And that's the biggest thing. Systems negate everything. If you have a system, follow it and trust the process. Right. And that doesn't mean, I like to always say, trust the process doesn't mean do it blindly. Like you said, you started off with one window, that window ended up not working for you. You tweaked it, found the window that worked. That's the process we're talking about. The process that we want you to trust is that you can tweak it to find what works for you. That's the process. It's not blindly just setting a fasting app and saying, why isn't this working? (laughs) You know, (laughs) the process is figuring out what works for your body. I sure do wish man, do I wish that it was just as simple as day one, do this, day two, do this, day three, do this, day four, do this. It's not though, not with your body. The window that works for me, the foods that work for me are not going to be the ones that work for everybody. So how have your tastes in food changed over time with intermittent fasting? Have they changed at all? You mentioned that you've added bread back in. What else has happened there? Just things taste better. I think that's the easiest thing to say. Things just 
taste bud wise tastes better. The other thing is you don't eat as much. When you feel full, you you stop eating. You don't just keep eating the stuff your face. One of the things that as I've noticed this past year is if I'm out going out to eat, and typically I don't like to go out more than twice a week because let's face it, it's not exactly the healthiest food no matter where you go. But one thing I've noticed is more and more we're bringing back food. I brought back half a sandwich and some cornbread the other night. So it's one of those things where you're not afraid to take the stuff with you. You're not afraid to stop because you feel good and you know what happens if you keep stuff on your face. You're going to be in for a rough evening. Yeah, my husband and I went out for Valentine's Day and we're recording this in February, even though it's coming out in May. But we went out for Valentine's Day for dinner and each of us ordered a petite meal. Like he ordered the petite filet and I ordered the petite vegetarian, whatever it was. It was amazing. It was delicious. But we just, we're both intermittent fasters and he's a man, but he still doesn't want to feel full and overly stuffed. So we ate our little tiny petite meals and it was perfect. (laughs) Well, the other thing too is vegetarian options. And trust me, I'm the biggest carnivore around, but they're actually really good. And you have the option to go vegetarian most of the time. That stuff's better than what you're going to get with the meat. At a restaurant, I really do gravitate towards the vegetarian options now and find that they're so good. Whereas before, I I would have been the one getting the filet. But I remember last year, we went to the same restaurant. I got the filet and it sat there like a log in my stomach because I ate it all because it was delicious. And so this year, I'm like, I don't want to feel that way. I'm going to eat the vegetarian meal. And then I felt better. I also do that on cruises. We have late dining. We eat usually at at like eight at night, which I'm not usually eating that late in my real life. But I tend to gravitate towards the vegetarian menu options on the cruise, not only because they don't sit there like a log, but they also are some of the best food choices on board. Same thing for conferences. Anytime you're at a conference, always go with the veggie or the gluten-free veggie option, whichever they offer, because it's so much better than the rubber chicken you're going to get. Well, that's true. Yeah. Whenever they're mass producing a lot of meat at one time, like on a cruise ship, they have all these thousands of diners and they're putting out all these big portions of meat. You're right. It's going to be rubbery and not as good. Yeah. That's an excellent point. Just like at a conference. I've been to those conferences too. (laughs) Really, I just want to leave the conference and go eat at a good restaurant. Well, and that's what I do most of the time. (laughs) I have um, a conference coming up in Plano in a week and a half, and I'm already planning to uh, skip their lunch option and find the closest In-N-Out Burger or some other place where I can just get something better than the conference stuff. That is one thing that I will always eat as a burger. You know, I just talked about eating less meat, but I love a good burger. (laughs) And you can get the Impossible Burgers now. They've got these all over the places, and I still don't have the heart to try it. But from what I've heard there, it's just about identical, especially with how meat has changed now with the byproducts and all the other crap they put in it. You can't really tell the difference. The plant-based seems to be a way to go. See, I'm a little nervous about that. I don't know why. I have not tried the Impossible Burger, but I really do like ground beef. Now, I love a good black bean burger. Those make me really happy. They're delicious. But for some reason, food that pretends to be other food, like a black bean burger doesn't pretend to be beef. So it's like I'm just embracing the black bean patty. But we tried a bunch of different, after Plated went out of business, we were trying all the different meal delivery companies. And I tried Purple Carrot just because I was experimenting with seeing how I would feel without meat. And they had fabulous food. Don't get me wrong. We realized we're not vegetarians at our house, <laughs> but their food was delicious except one meal. It had that, that substitute meat. It, it was, I think the beyond brand. They had like the sausage. And I was like, uh, uh-uh, uh, nope, nope. Can't do it. 
<laughs> I did not love it. Yeah, it definitely is an adjustment, but uh, these plant-based foods that are coming out now, they seem to be getting more and more mainstream. They really are. And if you love them and you think they taste delicious, then I, I'm all for it. I just, I didn't like the substitute personally. It surprised me because I thought I would, but I'll have to, I really do want to try the Impossible Burger Whopper just to see, just one time, just to see. So I probably will. I haven't done it yet, but stay tuned. I keep thinking it would be like going from Coke. I don't drink carbonated beverages anymore, except for beer. But I think in my view, it'd be almost like going from drinking Coca-Cola to Diet Coke, where, yeah, you're supposedly having benefits, but there's a bunch of still artificial sugar in there that's really going to do the same thing as sugar, the way your body's going to absorb it. That's true. And I would just rather go to the very best burger place in town. Like we've got one here in Augusta that uses really high quality meat, high quality bread, high quality everything. It's called Farmhouse Burger. And it's not super expensive and they have wonderful fries that don't make my stomach hurt because they use a high quality oil. And so I would just like to go there and have a real burger. Mm. My husband and I are now going to go out once a week. I've just decided I need a break from cooking because I'm so busy. And so even though I love to cook, we're going to go once a week. And so I'm looking forward to going and having a burger soon. And I'm going to write that down because see if I can get him to go. <laughs> well, I'll give you a recommendation. You ever in Texas, there's a place in Austin. Not that I'm saying I would just go to Austin for a burger. There is a place called Gordo's and they actually do donut burgers and they are so good. Your eyes roll back. They are just incredible. And there's one that's called the double D and it is this, it's almost like a breakfast burger where it's got all the fixings and you got a fried egg on top and they do it with a wing sauce. I've actually got a family vacation coming up in June and you know, that's the first pit stop. Oh, I'm definitely a fan of a burger with an egg on top. That's one of my favorite things to do. I can really throw an egg on top of anything. And I didn't know that you really could do that until I started having these meal delivery kits. And, you know, you might would have a runny egg on top of this Mexican food. And I'm like, I would never have thought to do that. Or even Asian food with a runny egg thrown on top. And so anytime I can do that, I'm going to do it because it just adds a great flavor to the food. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture-proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, the coldest case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500.
Well, another thing I'll mention too is there is a dish I would get in Maui every time we went down there, and it was called the loco moco. Oh, yeah, I've had it. Mm-hmm, the ground beef with the egg on top. Yeah, I haven't had it in Maui. I've never been to Maui. That's where my son, Cal, and his wife, Kate, went and eloped. They went to Maui. But I've had the Loco Moco. Is that what it's called? Yes. I've had Loco Moco. I think it was Sun Basket that had it as a, a menu option. And it was delicious. I'm not sure how authentic it was, but runny egg on a meal, I'm going to order that meal. I love how we're talking about food so much on this show. <laughs> well, I, I do that all the time, but... <laughs> Food is important for intermittent fasters because we want it to be window worthy. And every day we look forward to having something delicious. And if it's not window worthy, I'm always very disappointed if that ever happens. We want to make sure we know all the best places to go eat. Well, it's funny you mentioned that. So as I was talking about earlier, we had um, had a burger last night at this local place called JJ Cafe. And the last two times I've made it, it was spot on. Unfortunately, this time, new server, something got messed up. They ended up having to make me another burger, which they offered to do, but they did it absolutely perfect. So this was a double burger with cheese, grilled onions, bacon, with an egg on top, with a few different little sides of ranch dressing, that their homemade Thousand Island, and barbecue. And I just put a little bit on every bite. It sounds so funky, but it was absolutely delicious. It and medium rare. Now, I'm really <laughs> craving a burger now. So I have a feeling there's going to be one of those in my future somewhere, somewhere. And probably medium farmhouse. rare. That's yeah, the biggest well, I, thing, too. I like a burger that way, too. I can remember my college roommate. She was always like, you're going to get worms or something eating your burger that way. And I'm like, I don't know. So, <laughs> I never – well, I, I take that back. I did get worms one time as a teacher. I think I've talked about this on the podcast. But I think that was from a student, not from a burger. Elementary kids are wormy and germy and full of lice and full of whatever. Even the very best homes in America, <laughs> they come back with those weird things from they get from the other kids. Happens. I was I taught for nine years. It's amazing the things you can catch. Well, I never got lice. So knock on wood. You know, now I'm not around kids every day, but. You would see a line of kids in the nurse's office and she's checking their heads and then the the lice letter would go home and you just know it's coming. So anyone who struggles with that, I think parents of girls have a lot of trouble with that. The girls pass it around and I don't care if you live in a million dollar house, you still maybe get the lice shampoo (laughs) for your daughter. Let's switch gears a little bit. You talked about your health benefits that you've seen. I know you mentioned you were pre-diabetic when you were 340 pounds. How's your health now? Much better. I would say probably the best health I've been in in years because, as I mentioned with intermittent fasting, your body heals. They did my levels back in December. Everything looked great. And they straight up said the fasting has made a huge difference. And I agree completely because, again, it heals your previous issues. My eventual goal is to get off of this medication that I'm on for my thyroid because I do feel that over time, this is exactly what happens because fasting heals the body. And for those of you that are questioning that, go do your research because it truly does heal your body. Well, it'll be interesting to see if it does. I've seen people have amazing results with thyroid medication dosages get lowered over time. People who were told they would never be able to come off of the medication have come off of it. So keep me posted and and let us know how that goes because, you know, I'm the same way. I would prefer to live my life 
without medication. I mean, if I needed medication, I would take medication, but I prefer to let my body take care of itself as much as possible. Well, the natural way is the only way. There's so many different prescriptions and people developing opioid issues. And the thing is, we're doing stuff like this. This to me is living more of an organic, healthy lifestyle. And when you're doing that, then your body does adjust to that. Yeah, we've got all these things going on that are are protective in our bodies. For example, when I used to get a fever, I mean, I haven't been sick a lot for a long time. Intermittent fasting is, I haven't had to go to the doctor for illness since 2015. It's been over five years since I had to go to the doctor because I had strep throat or an ear infection or anything like that. And I used to go on antibiotics several times a year, but even I continued teaching and didn't get sick. But when I would have a fever, my husband would always try to give me something to bring the fever down. And I'm like, no, my body is having a fever to burn this out, whatever it is. So I would, I want my body to burn out this illness. I mean, of course, if it was like 104, <laughs> that's different. But, you know, if it's like 101, 102, I'm like, my body's doing something with this fever. It's a natural mechanism. I want the fever to do its job. Yeah, I agree completely. And some people are like, that sounds a little too wacky for me because we've just been trained to always take something. Got a sniffle? Take this. Got a fever? Take this. You know, and I'm like, no, my fever is doing a job. Let it do its job. (laughs) Yeah, my family doctor, we've had her for almost 30 years. And that's the main thing she always says, drink lots of water. Could be anything. Just drink lots of water. Push the (laughs) fluids. Yeah. Yeah. She wants it to flush out of your system. Fortunately, she's very adverse to prescribing medication unless she absolutely has to do it. She doesn't. She will give you the old country remedies, as she calls it, and they do work. Yeah. You know, I was talking to somebody just the other day about this. I think it was, she was a nurse. I have some friends who are in healthcare, and she was talking about how patient satisfaction scores are so tied to insurance these days and how the whole system is working, but that patients come in and they want medication, but the doctors are like, no, that's not what's best for you right now. But then the patients are dissatisfied. So it's a vicious cycle of they're wanting to keep the patients happy, but also do what's right for them. So that can, that's tricky right now. I I feel for all of you in healthcare because I know that it's, it's a hard place to be right now. Because people think they want a medication. And so for a doctor to say, no, that is not what you need, you need to listen. So you've been doing intermittent fasting since July and you're never going to stop. No, I'm fully committed to this. And this has really been a game changer. So no, I'm fully committed to doing this the rest of my life because I want to be around in my 60s and 70s and 80s. And for someone, and I always call it the fat gene, but I say for someone who has that fat gene, who has these struggles, I know it's something that personally for me, I have got to stay on top of. Otherwise, I won't be here decades from now. And I do feel that imminent fasting is the reason that I will be able to do that and to eventually wean myself off of all medications. Again, I'm only on one, but I'd like for it to be zero. So do you share intermittent fasting in your daily life with everybody? Oh, yeah. I preach it from the top of the mountains. If anyone's having a weight issue, I mentioned try intermittent fasting. When I'm doing events, live events, I'm doing talks, the first thing I talk about is my own health struggle because I feel, again, you have to show that vulnerability. We always start with our story, and then we talk about what we do and how we can help people and the results we've helped them get. But the main thing is connecting with your story. And my story, of course, 
were those struggles. And I show a picture of myself right near that 340 pound weight. And then a picture a year later with me being at, at 278. And when people see that difference, it's just really gets their attention and it connects with them. And now the question I get is, well, what are you doing now to keep the weight off? Very simple answer, intermittent fasting. And if they want more information, I tell them there's a book, Delay Don't Deny. There's a Facebook group about it. Go and check it out. It will help you. Yeah, I think it will. And for all the people who are still struggling to find your sweet spot, we want you to tweak it till it's easy and keep trying different things and find the window that works for you. Or maybe it's alternate daily fasting, or, but there is something that you can find that will work for you. So Paul, I usually like to end with giving advice, but I'm going to allow a little more time because I want you to give two types of advice. First, I want you to give advice to someone who has a story to tell who wants to write. What advice would you give them? There's a great quote, one of my favorites by Lao Tzu. And he talks about the journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step. Just get started. And you can do that very easily. Open up a Word file or open up your phone, go to the notes app, and just think of 10 different talking points that you would like to cover in your book. And guess what? That will end up becoming the foundation of your book. Another thing is you don't even have to write the book. There is a voice memo app on all phones. Type in the word voice memo in the search. That will come up. Think about that first talking point and then hit record and just start talking. Now, I know that sounds very simplistic, but that's all you need to do. Each chapter needs to be about 10 minutes of audio. Once you're done with that, there is a service called Rev, R-E-V.com. They do artificial intelligence transcription for 10 cents a minute. You do a chapter, you have them transcribe it, cost you roughly a dollar. They'll send it back to you. You know, you're going to need to edit it and clean things up, especially when it's the spoken word. But you could literally repeat that process 10 times and you could at minimum have the foundation for your book. One of our main things that we talk about is making your books excuse proof. And how do you do that? 10 talking points, hit record on a voice memo, start talking about it. And guess what? You just developed the foundation for your book. And that's the main thing. Everyone has a story. And your 10 talking points, they're your outline. That's your outline that you want to cover. That's exactly what I did when I was selling Fast Feast Repeat. You know, I had an agent that was approaching the publishers on my behalf. And the first thing I did, though, I didn't write the book. The first thing I did was I wrote the outline for the book. And I hadn't even written the book yet when they sold it. I had the outline. And so then when it was time to sit down and actually write the content, I was like, man, I did a great job with this outline. And I really kept it very similar to that in the final version. But writing the outline and figuring out what you want to have in there, that bare bones, that's really the most important step. And it is. And that's the main thing, because what you're doing is you're developing a game plan for your book. You're developing a system. And as long as you follow that, and another thing I mentioned too, you do not have to do it chronologically. If there is something that you're more passionate about, let's say talking point number six, you really are fired up and want to talk about that, then start with that one. It does not have to be in any type of chronological or sequential type of order. The main thing is, is that you just start. And once you get started, you're going to take more and more steps. And you can literally get a book cranked out within two weeks. And I'll give you an example. So 
my latest book is going to be about virtual summits. You were on our Get Published Summit earlier this year as one of our featured speakers. So what I wanted to do was to actually do a book about how people can do their own virtual summit. This is what I did, Jen. And I've talked about that method, about speaking out your book. I'm more of a traditionalist myself. I like to actually just type them up in, in a Word file. However, what I did was a series of 10 podcast episodes and took that information, extracted the audio, sent it to Rev, have it sent back. And guess what? I completed a book within two weeks. The first part of the book's already being sent to my editor. Second part's being sent tonight. So it's just amazing the things that you can do to get the book out there. Leverage technology. Leverage technology and that there are people out there that you can outsource parts of the process to. I love that. Now, in 60 seconds or less, because we are almost out of time, what would you tell someone just starting off with intermittent fasting? What do you wish you knew when you got started? I think the main thing is to trust the process. Realize that you're going to have a window of about, I do 17-7. So I have a window of seven hours a day, but typically I only use six because of just my eating habits. Most of the time, I don't usually eat till one o'clock in the afternoon, my first meal. I usually eat my second one at either four o'clock or five o'clock. But try with a 17-7 window. And what that means is you have your window open for seven hours during the day, and then the other 17 hours, the only thing that you'll be drinking, for me, it was mainly water. I'm a big alkaline water fan, so I drink a lot of that. Or as you mentioned, black coffee. Because, and that's the biggest thing. You just have to get used to that side of things and don't worry about the urges. They're going to be challenging at first. Your body is going to adjust. But I think there's only three words I want to emphasize, and that is trust the process. Trust the process. Well, Paul, thank you so much for sharing today. And I'm excited that listeners can get just kind of a little bonus content today because not only are they learning about intermittent fasting, but they're learning about how they can put a book out into the world as well. Absolutely. It's been my pleasure. And for anyone that likes to get more information, feel free to go to getpublishedsystem.com. We have a ton of great resources on there. We have a copy of our Get Published book. We've got our podcast on there that you can check out. And there's also an opportunity to find out about what we do. You can also set up a complimentary strategy session if you want to potentially look at doing this down the line. I love it. Thank you so very much. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast.